401k plans. You ever want to know the ins and outs? Guess what, guys? We're going to deconstruct your favorite saving vehicle. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions. He's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really, really excited about this because I think a lot of folks may not recognize why you ought to be excited about this. Because uh, tell me if I'm right on this, Brian. For most folks, for the average person out there, the largest asset outside of their home that they will own throughout the course of their life is probably their... Yeah, it's your 401k, probably your retirement 401k. plan. I mean, that's what I was... I have a. I was thinking about this when I was doing the show preparation because this was your, I think you and I were talking mm-hmm. last week. So, what are we going to do next week's show on? And you're like, what about just doing a super deep dive yeah. on 401ks because it impacts so many people's retirement. That maybe got me out. I, I, sentimental might not be the right word, but I remember my first job right out of school, mid 90s, started saving in the, in the 401k plan. Remember, after four years, I left that job. And I remember rolling over, I think, $33,000. Okay. Um, and it, I just, I always can remember where I was with my 401k assets. Yeah. And then it, my 401k was the first account that hit six figures. Okay. I mean, that was kind of a, a cool threshold. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, I, I will tell you, I think from a single ca- account, it's still my employer retirement plans is my biggest holding. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, bigger than my joint account. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is just because there's so massive opportunities to save on taxes. That's right. Another thing. So a lot of you guys are going to have a relationship with your 401k where this will be kind of that bridge that, that gets you to financial independence. And it's such an important thing. And there's a reason it's so important. It's because the government has incentivized both you as well as your employer to get you into the habit of building that army of dollar bills and start to save. Now, Go ahead. So if it's the biggest tool in our tool belt, we probably ought to know a lot about it. We probably ought to know the ins and outs. I mean, a lot of us, we sit through those open enrollment meetings once a year, maybe not even once a year. Maybe it's just right when we're hired and we hear this thing about the 401k, but do we really understand what it is, how it works, and maybe some of like the hidden unknown uh, availability or opportunity that it may present to us. A lot, you know, anybody who's part of the Money Guy family knows that the first thing we tell you, maximize that free money. Get Mm -hmm. that match from your employer. But it goes so much deeper. And that's why I want to kind of go really into the weeds on this thing so that you, as you progress in your financial life and you have more and more success, you get the basics covered, you're going to see how you can adapt this tool to do even more things for you. And then we close out the show for all of our, our our. what I consider graduate-level studies, Money Guy family members. We're going to close out with just the things that, if you think you know your 401k, these are the things that kind of, this is PhD level. If you're master's level curriculum, we got PhD stuff to really question, to make sure you're maximizing all the cool facets of retirement planning and 401k. So let's kind of jump in this. I wanted to kind of give the history. How in the heck did we transition into where 401ks became the, market leader for how people save for financial independence and retirement. And it all started 1978. That's the year my brother was born. Okay. Um, The Revenue Act of 1978, that was legislation that was passed and approved, implemented on January 1st, 1980. Okay. And the whole purpose, listen to this, this is going to sound familiar, 
Section 401k of the legislation. Makes really original, really original naming. 401k comes from, and gave employees a tax-free way to defer compensation from bonuses and options. When you're like, wait a minute, how does? I don't have stock options. I don't have bonuses. How does? How did it get to where it is today? So, and then 1981. Um, IRS issued new rules or updated rules that allowed employees or clarifications that allowed employees to contribute to the 401k plans through salary deductions. So then that's the part that opened up the floodgates and these things were off to the races. So it started off as sort of like this thing for incentives, bonuses or that sort of thing. And then they kind of opened it up and said, well, okay, even your base pay, just the mm-hmm. stuff you get every paycheck, we're going to let you start putting some of that in there. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things while I was doing research, nobody knew, even the proponents knew that this thing was going to become kind of what it was, that it was going to replace pensions. Right. We went from defined benefit plans to defined contribution plans. That's what your 401ks, your 403bs. And then let me give you the perspective on the growth. 1990 401k plan assets were a little over $384 billion in assets under management, Which, or if, assets, If you think say. about in a decade, right, so from 1980 when the legislation was implemented all the way to 1990. Basically zero to $384 billion within the first decade. 1996, good year. That's like I said, I came out of college in the mid-90s. So that's when I hit the ground running. Oh. So I, I, I'm now contributing in <laughs> this number. Say. So 401k plans exceeded for the first time $1 trillion Thank in 1996. Thank you to Brian Preston's that's, contributions. That's my big contribution. Right. Pushed it over. You know, right. I was kind of like the guy on goal line stand, yeah, Herschel Walker, over the pile to get us that's to it. $1 trillion. Um, And then in 2008, we were at $2.2 trillion in assets. Right. But listen to this. This is how you know things are starting to compound even more. September 30th of 2018, $5.6 trillion in assets. $5.6 trillion in this vehicle that I would argue a lot of folks only know just very little, little about. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and start talking about how you maximize the components. Mm-hmm. What goes into your 401k, your 403b, because look, it's a different component or subsection of the, the tax code, but still these things all work in a very similar manner. Um, so let, let's get into this. The components to your retirement plan, there's first salary deferral. Mm-hmm. This is the part you are participating in. Sure. You're contributing. And um, I always tell people, depend upon the design, this, this money can be pre-tax, meaning you get a current year tax deduction, right. or it can be after-tax or tax-free, I should say, Roth. That's right. I mean, you never pay taxes. Yeah, so basically, you know, your employer said, hey, I'm going to pay you this much money to do this job, and I'm going to make this benefit available where you can say, you know what, I'm going to take a little bit of that money that you're paying me now, and rather than receive it, I'm going to put it into this account to grow for the future. And you mentioned, traditionally, there are two ways we do that, pre-tax, Roth, there's a third. We'll talk about that at the end. And then I, I wanted to say, the, the number, just because I like giving numbers, because so people want to be actionable, 2019, you can do up to $19,000. Right. Yeah, $19,000 in your 401k. It's brand new year, yep. so you know numbers change. Catch up if you're over 50, you can do an additional $6,000 on top of that. So that's your salary deferral component. Right. But there's other parts, as Bo's already hinted at. There's also what's called the employer matching contribution. This is the part that free money. We tell you if I left a table of bags of money with names on them outside of your day, you know, your day job, you're going to walk by and pick it up. That's We're right. even going to have to have security to make sure you don't pick up somebody else's <laughs> bag. But yet there's a whole group of people out there in the population that are walking by the table not picking up any bags. So you got to have your employer match. And you first you're asking yourself, well, why does an employer mm-hmm. even offer a match? Now, 
look, I'm a small business owner. I will tell you, some of it is for a goodwill moment where you want to see your employees be successful. You want to see them building assets. But there's also a huge carrot that's created by our government and the fact that they know, look, we want our, we need our citizens to have money saved for retirement because Social Security, yeah, it's kind of it's questionable. Going to be there all the time. Yep. So let's go ahead and incentivize the employers out there who are employing all of our citizens to try help our you know all these citizens save for the sure. future. So they have allowed employers. If you will offer these type of plans, we'll give you huge tax benefits and options to save for yourself. That's the carrot that has been put out there for employer matching but contributions. It is a great mechanism to kind of serve as a reason to make your company look more attractive. We know a lot of folks who, when they take a job, one of the things they get the most excited for is how generous the employer match is. So it's a great incentive out yep. there for employees, too. It's really sort of a win-win. Employers can offer it, get a tax deduction, employees get it, and then this extra bonus in terms of who, uh, who you work for and what you're doing. The type of match you're going to have in your plan, as well as the strings attached to your match, are really going to be all in how how the plan was originally designed or updated. So you have your traditional 401k design. These are, and what cracks me is we still see these. Yep. I'm like, how in the world do you still have a traditional <laughs> 401k design when there's been so many updates, so many legislative changes that have increased the flexibility, the benefits, and the opportunities for both you, the employer, as well as for your employees. Right. So if you work for a company and you have everything I'm about to talk to about with a traditional plan, you might want to start hinting at your, to your HR department, hey, maybe we ought to modernize this thing. Oh, Kick it up a notch. There's such a good story there. I'm not going to tell it right now, but what you just said about being a squeaky wheel is fantastic. We'll talk more about that in a second. So with a traditional 401k, here's what you probably, if you're in these plans or you ever participate in these plans, lots of testing. All of a sudden you're worried, am I considered highly compensated? Are they going to restrict how much I can put in this plan? Because it's one of those things where you get the random email saying, hey, um, because of your compensation, um, you can only contribute 6% this year, or you can only contribute 8%. We're like, well, wait a minute, I want to save, I want to maximize, right, right. I want to really, no, it doesn't, with these traditional plans, they typically have lots of testing for, you're trying to figure out if you're highly compensated, you're trying to see if you're a key employee, yeah. I mean, there's all kind of weird rules out there. They also have, um, what I've seen on traditional plans, they usually have traditional vesting schedules. Right. They'll usually have like a six-year vesting schedule on matching contributions. So that's your traditional side of things. Yeah, and when he says vesting, what that means is the money your employer puts in, you don't get that all right away. A lot of times they're going to have different structures in terms of you have to work at the company for a certain number of years before it actually becomes your it money. It allocated in your name, but you don't get to call it yours until you've put in the time, that's essentially. Right. So. The, the, that's the next transition point after we got past traditional 401ks is safe harbor 401ks. You see these things everywhere because what safe harbor 401ks is I think the government wisened up and they said, look, we understand the, all these top-heavy, all these different testing ACP, procedures ADP. and all these things that are out there that confuse people, you know, make the administration expensive, as well as just keep people from maximizing their savings opportunity. Why don't we create a, a savings opportunity for employers to where as if they will go ahead and just front end give more money to their employees, we'll take away, we'll mitigate some of these testing requirements. And that's where Safe Harbor 401k design came in is because what these plans allow you to do is when you're in a Safe Harbor plan, the employer match is going to vest immediately. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go work for this company for a gazillion years to get vested. And it's you're going to choose one of two options. You're typically going to choose, is it going to be 
a non-elective 3%, meaning that we're just going to give every employee that's eligible a 3% contribution whether they participate or not. It's just 3% non-elective based upon your compensation. And then there's a 4% true matching contribution where they'll say, look, we're going to, whatever you participate, we will give you up to a 4% match. Now, usually the first 3% is dollar for dollar, and then that... One or two percent after that is, you know, it could be a quarter percent, it could be half a percent, or or, or it could be a hundred percent. I guess twenty five, fifty, or a hundred percent, you know, on those last few percent. Um, so essentially, what the government's saying is, hey, employers, we're going to allow you to get out of some of this testing that we require every year, so long as you offer a base benefit to your employees. And what we found is that because that's the way four one k plans are gone. Most 401k plans fall into that camp. So if you're someone who's getting an automatic match, or you're getting that 0% for 3%, it probably means you're in a safe harbor 401k. As an employee, it doesn't change a whole lot for you. It just means there's a chance your 401k is actually less expensive than the traditional version because yep. it's easier to administer safe harbor plans. Um, one of the things, because I, I didn't mention this, you know how I told you on salary deferrals, you get to choose either pre-tax or you get to do tax-free Roth contributions, your matching contribution is always going to be Mm pre-tax. Because your employer is taking a deduction on their taxes, it's always going to be pre-tax. The government doesn't let that money be Roth. And that leads to our our last component that we'll talk about is profit sharing. Because you can have 401ks, and then they'll have a profit sharing provision, which allows the employers, just as the name implies, to where they can then, any profit at year-end, or they determine how, based upon plan design, when they want to fund it. But a lot of times, it is in the following tax year. Right. They will give a portion of their profit to employees. Yep. And th- now, this typically will have some golden handcuffs on it. This will have the the vesting schedules of six, you know, five years, six years, yep. if it's on a step basis, or it might have a cliff where you have to work between two to five years. But after you work that two to five years. It's going to just, once you work it, you're 100% 100 vested vested. uh, of your part. So that's why I say we have steps versus cliffs. And and this is the part that, you know, you you get excited about Mm -hmm. profit sharing, especially if you've been an employee for a number of years for these companies. So there's two people that can put money into your 401k plan. You, as the employee, can put money into your 401k, and then the employer can put money into your 401k plan as also. If you're a self-employed individual, remember, you kind of satisfy both those roles. So you, as an employee of your company, can put money in, but you can also put money in as the employer. Three types of contributions, salary deferrals, a match or discretionary match or safe harbor match, and then profit sharing are the three general types of money that flow into your 401k plan. And those three pots can add up to $56,000 for 2019. For 2019, right. if you're over 50, you can add another 6000 on top of that for a total of $62,000. Um, let's talk about the next component, the investments in your plan. We, ta- we spent a lot of time talking about the investments and what that means for your plan because this is another way you can figure out if you have a that unicorn plan, which is awesome. A lot of Fortune 500 companies are super low cost, tons of options. You love these plans. And then you have the the stinkers that you have to love the one you're with because they unfortunately it was your boss's golf buddy and he sold your boss a crappy plan. Sure. So let's talk about how you can take inventory and figure out if you're a good plan or if you might be just loving the one you're with. So the first thing is to take inventory of your general plan expenses. Yep. 
Um, when we look at the investments and the general plan expenses, there's a good chance that your employer is going to be paying for a lot of the plan compliance. That annual testing and all that stuff I was talking about, you, the participant, very likely are not paying right. the majority of those things. You're, hopefully your employer is paying that stuff every year for you to do all the testing and the administration. But it is worth confirming. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it, it is. Because they can make an election where can. it's pro rata across the account balances. So it's worth just knowing if you are paying for poor stuff. And if you are paying, you might want to make sure that if you're in a crummy plan, I'm going to say that, and you're paying some of the expenses, it may be worth it to see if you can uh, use your lobbying power to get a better plan. Uh, more on that in a second. Other fees, I just, I'm going to list these off in machine gun style. Other fees to consider is like internal operating expenses. Yep. Pay attention to what the fees are within your um, your retirement plan. Sure. I mean, it's, it, it is so interesting. We talked, we did a, an Ask the Money Guy show earlier, and I still remember, it cracks me up because when we talk about 401k plans, when you see people that think they are in Vanguard-type plans through an insurance provider yep. that's doing sub-account fees, and you find out that somehow your Vanguard mutual funds, or they're not mutual funds, but you think they are because they have the same name as Vanguard mutual funds, but they somehow have internal expenses over 1.5%, yep. that's a problem. Pay attention to those internal operating expenses because that's where you can find out if there's some hidden fees because these are where the indirect fees, uh, the sales fees, are, are being hidden. Advisor expenses, I wrote, you know, this is the thing where if they're not direct, this is where they're going to be buried sure. for those advisor fees. Trading fees, um, so if you have ETFs or, you know, some exotic investments in your mm -hmm. retirement plan, they might have some trading fees. And then one-off transaction fees. These are your 401k loans. Yep. These are distribution right. fees. These are participant fees. You know, pay attention to those things just to keep track of what's going on there. Exactly right. Bo, you're the investment guy. Talk to us about how you figure out if you have best choices, if you have good options, investment options in your 401k. Yeah, so one thing you want to make, make sure of is obviously you want to make sure that you have low fees in your plan, but you also want to make sure you have really good investment options. And we think when it comes to 401k, there's a few things inside the investment lineup you really want to look for. Do you have really good low-cost index options? Yep. And these days, when I say index options, I'm talking about things that carry an internal expense of like 0.01%. Practically free. 0.1%. Practically free. Actually, some of them technically are free. Yeah. There are zero funds now that are actually free to operate. So we love seeing some index funds. But then not only do you just have index funds, do you have a, some diversity inside of your plan? Can you access a bunch of different asset classes like large cap, mid cap, small cap, international, fixed income, real estate? Fill in the blank. You just want to make sure that your plan has a robust set of options. If you're inside a plan that only has three or four options, it may not be all that well diversified. Now, another thing that we see all the time that really makes a plan a really good plan is if there are target date retirement options in there. Because a lot of folks, you know, you do your job for a living. You don't have a background in finance. You don't know how to design a portfolio or go to Morningstar and research your funds. Now, if you listen to the Money Guy Show, you can learn how to do that stuff. But let's assume for the second you don't know how to do that. Target date funds are a great solution that make a lot of sense for folks who are just starting out in their 401k plans, and they can kind of satisfy that role. And just to tell people, all you do, we've done shows on this, you choose the year you think you want to be financially independent or leave the workforce, mm -hmm. set it, forget it. You're, you're in and you're out. That's it's that exactly easy. Right. And then, you know, some 401k plans, and we do this for a number of plans that we help manage, we actually make available model portfolios. We're based on a certain risk tolerance. We'll make an aggressive portfolio available where we use the options inside the plan to allocate that. You want to make sure that your plan has some of these investment solutions in there. 
What if you're sitting there, though, Brian, and this is what I think is so beautiful because we actually have a real-life story and example of this, and you say, you know what, uh, my plan is with this insurance company that also carries my homeowner's insurance, right, because I know the name, and the investment options aren't that great, and I get dinged with, like, these quarterly fees, and there's not a lot of diversity, and I don't have any indexes, just because you're not the owner of the company. Just because you're not the person who's calling the shots doesn't mean that you don't have a voice. Yeah. Uh, we actually have someone who is very, very close to us inside the Money Guy family uh, <laughs> who just kept pinging his HR department saying, hey, guys, we got to do something about our 401k. We got to do something about our 401k. We got to do something about 401k. He well, created a movement. Let's just say he movement. created a That's, movement within his company. Well, finally, the HR department said, okay, we hear you. We've heard you loud and clear. Let's put this out for bid. What do you recommend? Well, fortunately, he said, hey, you should check out these money guys. You should see, look at them. And it was just a wonderful opportunity to start a great conversation where that plan was able to become much better, have lower cost options, lower cost administration. Even if you can't impact huge change like yeah. that, We've had people who said, hey, there are no index options inside our 401k. Can you just give us an S&P 500 index? Or add the Roth option. Can you just add the Roth option? So I can save in Roth accounts. And those are really easy questions to ask HR where you can make the pl- you can be an advocate for your own wallet, for your own 401k plan. It, and it's one of those things, because realize your person in HR, it, they're, they're having, they have access to the same plan That's too. Right. And, they, so they won't, and truthfully, your owner, your boss may not know any better. There's a lot of really successful people that have successful companies that are clueless. Mm-hmm. That there's a good chance if you're watching shows like The Money Guy Show, you know more about personal finance than even somebody who's making the decisions on your retirement plan so you can actually benefit everybody who works at your company. That's exactly right. One of the other things I wanted to just throw in a few few add-ins uh, as you were going through that, Bo, model portfolios. Make sure there's not a lot of additional fees. Yep. I, get, I get annoyed when I see people, see plans that offer model portfolios, but they also add all these sub-account fees, additional fee structures yep. on top of that. That's not good. Nope. Um, so, so pay attention to that. And then diversification beyond cash, bonds, and U.S. large cap stock. I'll pick on a relative of mine. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I have a relative that the first time they asked me to review their 401k plan, I looked at it and I said, okay, tell me this. How did you choose these investment choices? And I'm not going to say he or she because I want to keep them protected. They're like, I I chose every fund that had the word growth in it. That seems like a pretty sound strategy. They How were could that all go doing wrong? the same thing. They were all buying U.S. large companies. So basically, they were buying the S&P 500 without buying the S&P 500 at a much more expensive cost. We got it all straightened out and fixed and everything else. But just pay attention to what those diversification options and make sure you understand what the components are. That's why we come back to the target retirement funds because it takes out that stuff. We all hear the word growth and we're like, well, I want some of that. There's a little more it goes into just besides basically doing it with throwing the dart at the at, at the names of them. That's right. Um, I wanted to kind of transition into planning strategies. Yeah. So, okay, so we've talked a little bit about what 401ks are, how they operate, what are they made out of. I feel, I feel like uh, ShamWow right now. But wait, there's more. Well, this is, this is the section where we're going to give you some thoughts that I want you to think about and make sure you're maximizing these things. The first of these planning strategies is access to retirement assets before 59 and a half. We all know with retirement accounts, 
59 and a half is kind of a magical thing. When you right. become a brand new financial planning client for Bound Wealth, one of the first things we do is we give you a list of key dates to pay attention to. And right there on the front, besides you telling us your, your chosen financial independence date, that you think that you're going to be financially independent, we'll have the date that you turn 59 and a half. Because it's important. That means you're no longer subject to the 10% early withdrawal penalty. That's right. So we always tell people, if you do need to get access, because there are people that legitimately need access to their retirement assets prior to 59 and a half, and there's some opportunities opened up by having a 401k. Um, First of all, you have hardships. If you are somebody who has hardships, now look, I want you to measure twice, cut once before you touch any retirement assets. It better be a true hardship, not just because... You really want that new car, you know? That swimming pool. I got an option. I could I could pay for it with this. So let's do it. You know, and hardships can be disability, death. Those obviously make sense. Medical expenses, purchase of a home. Uh, that gets into the gray area. Educational expenses gets in the gray area. But it's those are definitely considered hardships. Um, there's also if you are separated from your employer, and you're 55 years of age. If you keep the assets in the 401k, there's a good chance as long as it was designed with these options that you can keep that you can pull money out of the 401k penalty free because you are 55 and older and you've separated from this right. employer. There's special provisions that allow you to pull that money out completely penalty free and we've actually done that for clients. Now the, there's a common misconception out there because one thing that I just and you said this and I want to just say it again you have to be employed by that employer on your 55th birthday. So a lot of folks will say they'll change jobs at like 37 and say, hey, no, no, I don't want to roll over my 401k yet because when I turn 55, I'm going to leave my money in my 401k and I can access that. That's not true. You have to be employed with that employer on your 55th birthday to be able to start drawing those assets between ages 55 and 59 and a half. Now this one, I feel like if we could play music. Let's skip it. Let's do it last. You don't want to do this one now? Let's do it last. I was going to say we ought to play Jaws music. No, I think we should. It's like, dun, dun, no, I think we dun, should. Dun, but let's do it dun, last. Because this, this is the fun one. This is the one that, this is the one that if, if we, if right now, if we have. Why didn't we put that last on our list? Well, I meant to. I just didn't move it. And that's more just an oversight on my okay, part. Okay. Then we'll move on and we'll just make sure we get this one. Oh, don't worry. Because this is, this is the megalodon of the planning opportunities, I think, here. But I think for people, this is one that we see all the time. And I, I will tell you, I take advantage of this. Because remember, I told you. Left my first job after four years, rolled those assets. I've rolled them a few times, right. but you know where those assets are now? They are in a 401k mm-hmm. because when you get your assets all out of your IRA accounts, even if you're in a high income situation, you run the opportunity that you could potentially, through making traditional IRA contributions and then legally making a Roth conversion, That's right. you potentially could find ways to create Roth tax-free growth assets through a contribution, and then in the future, conversion strategy. It's an incredible planning opportunity if you have a really good low-cost 401k. I'm going to paraphrase what you just said. For a lot of folks out there, tell me if I'm saying this right, who Roth contributions have not been something you've been able to do historically having a really good 401k has a potential to open up the ability for you to begin building Roth IRA assets. There's a lot of steps that have to go into it, but yes, you want to measure twice, cut once. And just in case you're wondering, you're out there and you're like, when do you, when can I no longer make Roth IRA contributions for a married 
um, filing jointly, it phases out between 193,000 to 203,000. If you're a single person, it's 122,000 to 137,000. Yeah. That's the phase outs. If you get into an income situation over those points and you're trying to figure out how do I still get tax-free assets, we, there are opportunities out there. That's so, right. so pay attention to it. In-service distributions. Yep. The huge planning opportunity that Bo has insisted we defer a little bit longer will take advantage of what's called in-planning service distributions. This is where, and it's all, you got to pay attention to how your employer designed the plan. If they check the box in the plan design that says, hey, yeah, we're going to allow people once they reach a certain age, they can, or maybe it doesn't have an age, but some of them do usually have an age. We're going to allow you to take in-service distributions, meaning you do not have to leave employment to take a distribution from this retirement plan. So I'm going to say that again. There are situations where maybe your 401k isn't awesome, or maybe the investment options aren't robust, or maybe the investment options don't allow you to have Think the portfolio you want. Think about boss's golf buddy. That's exactly right. There are circumstances where you can do an in-service rollover of your 401k assets into an IRA. So completely tax-free. We're not taking the money out. We're not getting rid of it. If your plan allows for in-service withdrawals, there's a huge opportunity there for you to open up the entire investment universe. Once again, every one of these planning strategies has some caveats, though, and some disclaimers, and the fact that I'd rather your money be in a 401k than just sitting out there in a raw IRA for some ERISA protection and other things. So you just want to make sure you understand all components to make sure you're doing it right and not just scratching the itch because you have that feature available to you. Um, 401k loans. Oof. It's a planning opportunity. Look, we're not telling you what you should do. We're just deconstructing these bad boys. Every now and then, you know, when you're cooking like a delicious pie, sometimes there are like really like not delicious ingredients that go into it that make it delicious. That's the way a 401k is. This is just one of those ingredients that uh, isn't delicious by itself. But when you look at the entire robustness of 401ks, it's a planning opportunity. The majority of people understand that because I and look I might screw this stat up a little bit because I read a lot to prepare for these shows and then I don't plan on using some of these stats but then they just come to me and I'm like well I might as well say it since it popped in my head I think the research I saw is that out of all the plans out there I think it's a little over 85 percent maybe 85 Mm -hmm. to 87 percent of 401ks have access to loans but only 19% of those people who have access are actually using them. So that well, that's means encouraging. That 81% of people who have access are not using 401k loans. Right. And here's why I just want you to I treat it like it's a very sharp sword. Don't even look at it as a knife because a knife you can, you know, you can have a little knife and it doesn't look that scary and you can cut up an apple. A sword, when you hold a sword in your hands, you're like, this thing's scary. So I want you to think about it more like a sword in the fact that you know, that this thing could really hurt you if you're doing it wrong. And the reason these things can hurt you is that, look, if you separate service, it doesn't even have to be your own choosing. If you get fired, if you get fired or you leave a job while you have a loan, it's usually a very short period of time, within 30 to 90 days, that they're going to require you to pay that loan off or it's treated as a full-on distribution. It's going to be taxable to you. And guess what? If you're under 59 and a half... 10% 10% penalty. That's right. So that is a huge caveat mm-hmm. because in this day and time, it's kind of scary to yep. know that you don't really control That's right. when that loan might be due. So, so pay attention to that stuff. But here's uh, the deal. Sometimes life happens. Sometimes there's a medical bill or there's an expense and 
you can either take a hardship distribution your 401k and completely remove those dollars from your future financial independence building, or in dire straits, you can take a loan, you pay yourself back, you pay interest to yourself. Now, your money's not working for you, so that's a problem. You're losing out on some employers don't allow you to contribute while you have that's a right. loan open, too, so you have to pay, pay attention to that. But if you're going to be able to pay the money back at some point, there are a lot of times where a 401k loan might be more advantageous than just pulling the money out, paying the taxes, paying the penalty. So it is a tool that is there in the tool belt. I want to, before we give your big mega planning opportunity, um, two two quick points out there. ERISA protection, pay attention to it because um, this is what protects you from creditors. Why people like 401k and qualified assets more than just IRAs. Now, I, I had a little bird tell me, Matt, um, said that they, he was at a, a, a forum or he was actually at a course and there's somebody sharing that you can get ERISA protection on 401k assets that are rolled into an IRA we're going to let Matt clarify that in deeper, but it's, it's for the 401k, 403b, those are definitely ERISA protected from creditors and other things. So pay attention. That's great, powerful. The last thing I want to tell you is you, an employee, pay attention to how your plan design is. You'll get a summary plan description. Actually read that thing. That's it's right. one of those things where your, your employer is going to offer you the option to look at this stuff when you start employment, and he might send you some annual stuff every so often. Yep. Pay attention to it because there's all kind of little facets of a retirement plan that you need to pay. Because like, if you're thinking you're going to change jobs, we've had a good economy. A lot of people are changing jobs. It breaks my heart. I used to deal when I was in government. I used to hate seeing police officers that would leave a plan right before they hit the full vesting it's the period. It's I mean, that, 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 it broke my... It, go take a job to make $3,000 more, and they would leave before they were vested. And they were only like you know a year from being fully invested in the retirement plan. Pay attention to vesting schedules and where you are on that. Also, find out if your retirement plan, your 401k, has what's called a last day provision. You remember how I was telling you that 401k profit-sharing provision is very often funded in the year after the year you work there. Well, if you didn't work there on the last day of the plan year, you might not get... That, that profit-sharing that profit sharing contribution. contribution. Also, pay attention to how many hours you work in a year. Yep. Um, I was I was really excited that I came out of college, realized in June okay. of, of mid-90s, um, I got to count that first six months. I worked as an accountant. I worked so many hours that I had over 1,000 hours. I, that counted as a plan here. So Even though you have half of the year, you got a full year of credit. Because I worked over 1,000 hours, I got full plan year credit for a partial year. Pay attention to those things. These are all the things, especially if you're planning on making a job change, you need to know these things because you might be leaving thousands of dollars on the table if you're not paying attention to all these different plan design and provisions of your retirement plan. And we've already heard this might be your biggest asset. Yep. Um, so pay attention to those things. Now, Bo, I guess... We'll let you give the big reveal. What's what's your other big planning opportunity? Yeah, this and this is a this is a big one. I do want to say you said something real great though, and I just want to drive that home. You said ask for your summary plan description. That's great language to use. You also should receive an annual notice on your four hundred one k. That's something you should look at. And then there's a new law that was passed a few years ago that you're required to get four hundred eight b two fee notices. You should get that every year that says exactly what all the fees you're paying in your plan are. If you're not seeing those, just ask because they're there and you should know what you're paying for your plan. All right. 
So this is where Morpheus dimmed the lights. You know, this is where the lights <laughs> should go dim. That's when the, you know we're in a real studio, if we the, could do that. The fire should come up, because th- this is a big one. All right, so we mentioned to you that there are generally two ways that you can put money into a 401k. You can either do a pre-tax traditional 401k contribution, or you can do a Roth tax-free. future tax-free 401k contribution. Well, there's a third that a lot of people don't know about. And your employer has to choose this, make this available to you. That's exactly right. There's a third option called an after-tax 401k option, where you can elect to put in money on an after-tax basis into your 401k. Well, you might be saying, well, guys, you just said that. That's Roth, right? That's that's what that means. Now, it's a little bit different than Roth. When you put in money after-tax, you're taxed the same as if it were Roth contributions, but the difference is your earnings don't grow tax-free. Your earnings grow in there in a tax-deferred manner, but the government allows you to put in after-tax dollars. Here's the other thing that's really, really interesting. Once you get into this after-tax realm, you're no longer capped at $19,000. That's exactly right. You actually have the ability, in theory, to put as much as $56,000 of your own money into the 401k, but but you don't want to do that Sometimes, because if you put in too much money, it will decrease what your employer gets to put and in for you. we want that free money. Exactly we all right. want the free money. So when you use this strategy, make sure you leave enough, leave enough room and capacity so that you get the full match from your employer. That's exactly right. So if you're someone, so two, two things to do, and this is just really easy. If you're listening to this show, go look at your 401k and say, one, okay, does my 401k allow in-service distributions? That's a pretty unique thing to 401ks. It's pretty exciting. The second question you want to ask is, does my 401k allow after-tax 401k contributions? If the answer is yes, I'm just going to argue that you ought to probably talk to a professional at some point to help you determine if there's a really good strategy there. Because, just like Brian said, having a 401k might create this opportunity where you could, even if you're a high-income earner, you could do like $6,000 of IRA uh, contributions every year, you know, via this strategy. If you have access to after-tax contributions in your 401k and your plan is set up a certain way, there's the potential that you could possibly add as much as $56,000 a year to a Roth IRA. That's why they, they call this the mega... They call it the mega Roth funding strategy because what it is is these after-tax contributions. Remember, you have your 19000 that you could just make a Roth salary deferral contribution. You could, whatever you put in these after-tax, you can roll them into a Roth account when they leave mm-hmm. your employer's plan. So that's why those in-service distributions, or even, even if you don't have in-service distributions, it could be powerful a few years out because you're going to be able to take all those after-tax contributions, roll them directly right out, into a, a Roth account, which That's is exactly right. extremely powerful. There was also, but we didn't even have this in the show notes, and I'm totally dropping on you, and I get nervous when you drop stuff on me. Is it, isn't there some crazy cool rules about actually if you got employer stock in Oh, yeah, case? we didn't even talk about it. It's called, it's called uh, net unrealized appreciation. It, okay, so, oh, oh, man. I didn't even you put that in the show notes. I know. Oh, I, I didn't even mean to do that, oh. but as we're talking through this, I was like, why are we not mentioning this? So you've heard us talk all the time. If you work for a company... Uh, your human capital is all tied up in that company. So you have to be really careful how much of your financial capital is also tied into that company, especially if you're getting things like options, RSUs, RSAs, any of that kind of stuff. However, 
Maybe you're someone who you participate in a 401k plan and your employer match always happens in stock. Or maybe when you do your salary deferrals, you're required to buy employer stock inside of your 401k. Or maybe you've just been electing to do that and you've done that for the last 10, 15, 20 years. There's this huge, and I cannot I cannot exaggerate this. There's this huge planning opportunity known as NUA, net unrealized appreciation. Uh, it is a great opportunity where you might be able to turn a big portion of your 401k balance from ordinary income tax assets, like at your ordinary marginal tax bracket, to capital gain yeah. tax rates, like 15% tax rates. Um, it's pretty deep, pretty involved. If you're someone who has that set up, again, these are all great times and it makes a lot of sense to talk to an investment professional or a financial advisor to help understand what you have available to you and what the planning opportunities are. So here's the thing. A lot of you are probably like, oh my God, these guys, they saved all this for the last of the show. They just blew our minds with all these. Right, we don't mind giving this away. This is all completely free on purpose because I realize that you're going to get to these points of success. You're like, what did Brian and Bo say in that show on 401ks? Oh my gosh, I can't keep up with all the different... We know that. We know that this stuff is going to require you to probably reach a level of success that you're going to need to get somebody to make sure you do it right. So that's the abundance cycle at work and the fact that we're going to give it away. We're going to love on you. The first thing, all you 20 and 30-year-olds who are watching this, focus on building that habit of right. saving. Be a beast. Save and build that money up in there so you get that two to $300,000 of foundation. You're using the target retirement funds, all the tools that keeps the cost low and lets you focus on the growth and get that army of dollar bills. But we know in the future, there's going to come a nerdy situation that you go, I know just enough to make me dangerous, mm -hmm. but I know we need to measure twice, cut once to get this right. I'm going to bring in that A-team. I'm going to go take the relationship to the next level. That's when you can pay us back for all this great free advice we're giving. Reach out to us. We know that sometimes these shows, you either go love this show or you're going to think it's so nerdy. You're going to be like, why did I watch this? This was, <laughs> But this is in the weed stuff that is special. Some of you guys love when we do the motivation shows. Some of you guys love it when we show how nerdy we really can get on this stuff. I want you to go. To, I want you to go sign up. If you haven't gone to MoneyGuy.com, give us your email address so we can give you deliverables yep. and all the other cool stuff that we're coming out with. And there's going to be a lot of new cool opportunities that come out with the new studio. We're going to be creating even more content right. coming in 2019. You've got to get tied in. So go to MoneyGuy.com. Give us your email address. We're not going to harass you. We just want to keep you updated. And then also, I want you to go to YouTube. I want you to subscribe there. I want you to follow us on Twitter. There's so many things that you got to get plugged in if you want to maximize your opportunity with us. Hey, here's the thing I'd love for you to do because what we're going to do is in a second we're going to hit we're going to hit the stop button on the record and we're going to do a Q and A. Yeah. We have a bunch of folks hanging out with us live on YouTube, live on Facebook right now, and we're going to answer their questions. They're in the chat asking us questions right now. So if you're someone sitting out there and you're thinking, man. I wish they would have answered this or that whole mega raw thing. I just want to know a little bit more. If you have that question, you're sitting out there in the audience and you're in YouTube or you're on Facebook right now, you can ask us that question and we're going to answer it in real time in a live Q&A session. And we do it every other Tuesday night at 445 Central Time. We sent out a blast email just telling you, hey, show's about to go hot in, a, you know, in an hour or so. Mm -hmm. If you're around, tune into the live show when you subscribe with us. 
And then um, we also give you a preview of the topic. I had somebody who responded to that blast and said, hey, I'm a podcast guy. I just can't, this doesn't work for me. And I wrote him back and said, thanks for writing, but here's the cool thing. You at least know what the show that's going to be released on Friday is going to be. So there's all kind of benefits. So if you're out there listening, you're getting this a few days later through the podcast. There's benefits to signing up on YouTube as well as just giving us your email address. So make those things happen. But we have a blast if you want to go check us out, moneyguy.com. Also, go check out aboundwealth.com if you want to see the financial planning arm of what drives this, all this free abundance that we're delivering. We appreciate you guys immensely. We've been doing this through, since 2006. There's a reason we keep doing it. There's a reason we can upgrade to a new studio. It's you guys getting dialed in and making us more and more successful. And we, that's why we call you part of the Money Guy family. So tune in every other week as well as check out those Ask the Money Guy episodes. We actually, we're doing full shows every week now. That's right. So tune in and we're going to keep you connected. I'm your host, Brian Preston with Mr. Bo Hansen. We'll talk to you soon. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment or legal advice. Mm-hmm.